This is Shane Gibson's Sales, Social Selling, and Influence Podcast. Today, I want to talk about time and energy optimization in a digital-first leadership and sales environment. I know that's a mouthful. So time and energy op optimization in a digital-first leadership and sales environment, which should cover pretty well everyone listening to this podcast today. For us that are individual sales professionals working remote from home or someone who's always worked digitally, so to speak, um, it's important to understand how to optimize our energy, health, and work to really balance it. From this perspective as leaders, we need to make sure that we're laying the foundation culturally and through our daily actions in our organization that make sure that we're not just getting results from our team today, but that we can sustain these results and the physical and mental health of our team over the long term if we're really going to grow an effectively strong organization and a great digital first brand. The last thing we want on the internet on the Indeed or Glassdoor reviews about our company is the fact that we basically took everything we could from our people, burned them out and sent them on their way or that the environment wasn't healthy. We want to have a great digital brand online that talks about the great work environment we build while we win in our work environment and our competitive environment. So what does that look like? How do we win and still maintain balance? So here's some stats. These stats were put together by Monster.com in late 2020, and did two studies in 2020. One is in May, and then one was later on in the year. And what they looked at was how has this forced remote work impacted US employees, people who are working in the United States. And I think this is the same as I look at these stats as much the same for Canadians or, or South Africans. I've got a number of connections to South Africa who are experiencing the same pressure, of course, to work remote, right? We can't go see people in person. We can't go to the office. And this, as it's occurred, as you've heard me talk about before in previous podcasts and my more recent book, is the fact that now that we've all gone remote and our buyers have gone remote and our consumers have gone remote, that even after things go back to quote unquote normal, they're not going to go back to fully in person. I believe there's going to be hybrid type of working where we spend a lot more time alone and connecting with people digitally compared to the past because that's where the market's moved. So in their study, here's what Monster found, is 69% of employees are experiencing burnout symptoms while working from home, which was up 20% in late 2020 compared to May of 2020. So the burnout is increasing as people spend not a few months, but many months and coming up now in a year working remote. And despite this, the majority, 59%, are taking less time off than they normally would. And 42% of those who are still working from home are not planning to take any time off to decompress. Part of that is that where do you decompress and how, you, how do you decompress when you don't have a lot of the things and access to the tools and trips and whatnot, even things in your community that used to have to decompress. So the question is, is how do I help myself and my team um, be more effective at working remote and working digitally. So how do I have this digital first sales culture and organizational culture and be a great digital first leader and help my people develop a sustainable, optimized way of working and living their life while they're from at home or working largely remote and maybe not even, even if they're working in our office, they may now just close their door and connect with their customers remotely all day long, five days a week, 
you know, four weeks a month. And that's what they're doing. They're not getting out even if they're in the office. So from this perspective, what do we do? How do we make this more productive? So one of the things we found is that initially, as we all went on quote unquote lockdown or remote work, is that productivity jumped up. We saw that salespeople saw this as an opportunity to prove to their boss finally they didn't need to come into the office every day. That they could work their butt off and get things done without having someone stand over their shoulder. And almost everyone proved that to be true across the board. Almost every organization I've dealt with from high tech companies to traditional sales organizations, they found their team has continued to be productive or more productive working remote. Part of that is a little bit of fear. When I'm not, I don't have a boss looking over my shoulder and someone checking in with me every day to tell me I'm on track. I start to worry that if I don't produce, maybe I'll become redundant. And so part of it's out of fear, but part of it is also just purely out of lack of boundaries. <laughs> I could uh, previously work, show up at the office at nine, grab a coffee, chat with the team, sit down at my desk, work for a few hours, get up, walk around, have some water cooler conversations, maybe called into a meeting, um, do some more work in the afternoon, close a couple deals, plan my day, and I'm off by five, and I've got my full day in. Well, now I've got none of that. Uh, I am in my house, I'm in front of my computer, and that monitor is always there beckoning me. So maybe I work till 6 p.m., I put a full day of work in, I get a lot done, and then I walk by my computer at 8 p.m. and see a couple emails from my boss or from a customer. And so I decide to get down and just tackle them. So I'm ahead of them from the day before. And next thing you know, it's 10.30 p.m. And the kids want to be put to bed or they should be put to bed. <laughs> and I realize that there's some other things around the house I haven't done. And next thing I know it, I'm working 14-hour days. That is something that catches up with us. So, you know, doing the wrong thing almost always has immediate benefits. So, you know, not maybe working out or going for a run in the rain is a big one for me. When it's raining out, I decide I don't want to run today, so I don't do it. Uh, and it, man, the immediate benefit is I get to stay dry and I can hang out and watch some TV on my couch and, you know, maybe do something else around the house that's fun. And, uh, but over time, that catches up to us. And so that daily discipline, uh, when we deny it, so to speak, pays off immediately in pleasure, but it causes a lot more pain later on. And I would argue that for us as leaders, it seems awesome that our people all of a sudden are willing to work longer and harder and more productive and they're doing great remotely. But we've got to check in and find out, are they recharging the battery? Are they stealing from home life to feed work, right? Are they stealing from their health uh, are they even getting up eating a proper meal in front of the computer all day? And so from this perspective, here's some things we can do to help our team and or ourselves. If you're an independent individual who's a solopreneur or a contract seller, or maybe it's a speaker or trainer or coach like myself, then these things, you got to think about how you can do this for yourself as well. But let's talk about this from a leadership perspective. Number one, what kind of sales enablement content, tools and technology can you provide your sales team that will help them automate and improve task efficiency? Are they spending too long doing key repetitive tasks manually over and over again when that could be automated with a better CRM, with some better plugins, with an automatic calendar booking tool, with an automatic business intelligence tool? I look at the Nimble CRM. So I use Nimble CRM as my CRM. And one of the great things is if I wanna know some information on a key executive, They've got this Nimble Anywhere widget where I just mouse over their, their Twitter handle, for instance, and it pulls up all the data in their system they have connected to that data point. And I can even, for a few extra dollars, click 
another button and it'll give me their suggested email address and phone number. And so from this perspective, I would take normally, if I had to dig around, that may take me 15 minutes to pull that all information together that takes two and a half seconds with an automated tool. Does that cost an extra $20 a month? Sure. Am I giving my salesperson back 15 minutes of their life times 50 prospects a week by using these types of automated artificial intelligence-based tools? Yes. And what does that do? It means that their day isn't mundane and repetitive. They get to do what they like to do, which is sell and talk to customers more instead of cutting and pasting and researching all day. And this helps reduce burnout. Whenever you can get rid of anything that looks like Groundhog Day, where they're doing the same thing over and over again. My partner, Little Wu, she calls it Groundhog Day Syndrome, where we get sort of stuck and eventually becomes an existential crisis in our life as we wonder what the real purposes of our work or our life as we're sitting there cutting and pasting and doing redundant mundane tasks instead of doing the things we love about our work, which is connecting with people and selling and engaging and creating. So think about the types of tools we can invest in, whether it's Nimble, whether it's Outreach.io, whether it's tools like SalesLoft uh, or Calendly to help people book their appointments versus spending redundant time going back and forth by email, or sales enablement content. Have you created great library of easy to find content that helps your people at each step of the sales process share content with their customers and prospects that engage them in a way so they're not digging around looking for information, recreating tools, and again, wasting a bunch of time being busy instead of being effective as salespeople. So are there tools you can invest in to help them become more efficient? Number two, shorten your meetings. Absolutely shorten your meetings. So in the past, I could do full day trainings as a trainer with a sales team. And even those with the way people are learning today were a bit of a stretch to do a full day with any team today. But I would dance, I would jump back and forth, I would engage them, I'd ask them questions, we'd have fun, I would push a ton of energy out, and I would be able to keep people engaged in a training room for a full day. I've found that even three hours is a push now digitally. The people want shorter meetings, even from a training perspective. Now, move back, and even better, they want to do it at their own speed, and in 15-minute increments, uh, you know, Netflix-like training uh, versus a talking head for, you know, three hours. So we talk about this is with your training, find ways to shorten it and make it more bite-sized, so to speak. But even if you're, with your weekly sales meetings, is if they used to be an hour in person, they really should be 30 minutes digitally. And also reduce irrelevant attendance. If there's other meetings happening with other departments or multi-steps in a project, find ways to involve as few people as possible where they're not fully relevant for that meeting. Too often we invite everybody on the list in to talk about a topic where only in that 30-minute meeting, three, minute visit, three minutes of it is relevant to them. We're again pushing them into having more screen time, and we can only have so much screen time. We can only have so much time looking at a Zoom or a WebEx screen passively before it really burns us out, before our attention span begins to wane for the rest of the day. And so there is a, a gas tank that we're kind of dipping into here with people if we over meet them and we over WebEx and over Zoom them. So from this perspective, really make sure we limit these and make them highly useful. Now. The other thing is also true, it seems like I'm contradicting myself here, but you need to increase your check-ins. So when I talk about check-ins as a leader, 
What I mean is that we need to be reaching out on a consistent basis with our team more frequently because people left alone start to wonder, even good people who are productive in our organization, top performers, start to wonder if we really care anymore. Start to wonder if they belong. Start to wonder if we're completely happy with them. Start to wonder about their job security. Start to wonder about their purpose in life and whether or not they're on track. And what am I doing anyways here sitting at home selling XYZ product and it just seems like the same thing over and over again and I don't even talk to my boss anymore. I don't even talk to my coworkers. I'm just here alone. Do I really matter? This is a question that most of us ask ourselves. I ask myself this on a couple long-term projects I have with a couple clients who I work with every month. I used to work with them in person at conferences. We do road shows and everything else. Now it's all digital. I only see them on a screen for a couple hours a week. And in between, I started to wonder, am I hitting my goals with these guys? Are they happy with what we're producing? How's the success of the program doing? Is there anything happening within an organization I should know about? Is this contract still secure? All of these things come and they begin to fill our mind. Whenever there's silence, people fill that silence with a story in most cases, right? Either a positive or negative one. And so from this perspective, as a leader, proactive check-ins. Not like, hey, what are your KPIs at? You know, have you hit your numbers? Let's look at your dashboard. That's coaching. But I'm talking about a check-in as in, how are you doing? How are your kids? You get to enjoy the sunshine. Um, you know, anything, any exciting wins for today? Hey, mind if I share with you what's happening for us? Here's a big win. Here's what we talked about. Here's what's happening to the company. Here's what your peers are doing. And so make it a real part of your leadership KPI that you're reaching out frequently with your team members that you're responsible for to make sure they feel in the loop, connected, part of the team, appreciated, and that they're not left to feel like they're on a need to know basis where they're just getting alerts via email as to what their life is going to look like and where the company's headed. We want to make sure we communicate with them. Start virtual coffee groups. So this is something that uh, Spratshaw College, uh, who's based here uh, in British Columbia, they got 16 campuses uh, across the province and they're a private career college. And uh, very often they would get together and meet in person for professional development days. Directors from one campus would meet with directors from the other campus. Head office was always traveling. I was part of that, traveling to meet with their advisor teams throughout each region to see how they're doing on registering new students and engaging the community. And all of a sudden, no one's visiting anybody. And this feeling of being remote it impacts the culture as well because we don't get to interact and engage with each other on a regular basis. So what they instituted at the college, it started with the directors where they just set a number of like four or five directors from uh, various colleges uh, or locations or campuses. And they would once a week, just for half an hour, connect and talk about the weather, talk about what's happening in their lives. Sometimes they would talk about the college. But what it did is at least recreated that social kind of water cooler aspect of work that's really actually important. It's why people feel less lonely if they can connect unofficially and interact and develop depth in their work beyond just the task around the people they work with. So they then extended this to the advisors and across the board, they're finding it highly valuable and it's really helping connect people in a digital way. So think about how you might be able to do that for your organization. It doesn't always have to be about dollar cents activities and KPIs. We need to add some human element in there. Next one is invest in virtual and remote health programs and equipment. So is there, are there online yoga courses? Are there ongoing courses on mindfulness and meditation you could be investing for your team? Maybe you have enough in your budget 
that for key performers or everyone, I'm not sure, you might have saved a ton of money not doing any in-person retreats and conferences. You know, that can cost you a lot of money. Maybe you got a lot of money sitting in your in your coffers that you were going to spend on events and employee rewards that you didn't last year. Maybe they all get a Peloton bike or some of them get something like that, a row machine, anything that might help them stay healthy while working remote from home, for instance, right? Uh, you can get one-on-one -on -one fitness coaching uh, via Zoom from all kinds of people that have these fantastic programs and monthly ships of yoga mats and health supplements and all kinds of stuff. And it costs you a few hundred bucks per employee per month, but it could have a massive impact on their productivity and their loyalty, right, if we invest in them. Uh, second to last year is just limit your non-urgent communications to work hours. So this is a really important piece. And I talked about this a little bit, but enforced digital blackout periods. So what I would suggest as a leader and even staff is um, I've started to use Boomerang. And so Boomerang is a tool on Gmail that adds to Gmail. Um, and I believe it even works with Outlook now, I believe. Uh, and what I can do, and there's other tools that do this, but I schedule my emails. So if I'm working late at night, my client or the person I'm working on projects with isn't getting my email at 11 o'clock at night, even if I decide to work at night because I spent the afternoon at the beach or whatever it is. And so that's something I do as an entrepreneur. But what I do is I time my emails to go in at regular work hours. I schedule it. So it's something that really we don't realize how much it impacts our people as leaders. If they're at home and they're, you know what, people will check their phone, I guarantee it. They're going to flip through their email. And if an email comes down from you at 8 p.m. after dinner, about an urgent thing you want them to deal with in the morning, they're not going to relax that evening. They're not going to recharge. They're not going to decompress. And so from this perspective, as a leader, we've got to think about digital blackout periods. Unless like something is really falling apart, someone's hacked your servers, or <laughs> there's been a major, a lost shipment and you know, it was urgent to get it to a client the next morning, you're going to lose a million dollar customer. I get that, but most emails aren't really like that, right? They're, they're just nice to send. They're not urgent. And so time them. Also, uh, I had one client who actually had no email Fridays and no Slack Fridays that made their team actually meet in person and talk about issues. I know we can't do that anymore, but think about how you could replicate that. When your team takes three or four days off, maybe mandate that they're not on their digital device for work purposes and maybe have a protocol. If it's super urgent, I will text you. But other than that, put your autoresponder on and enjoy your three days off. Find ways to help retrain our people to actually have some of these digital, um, you know, detox periods. So then lastly is lead by example, is that we can't expect our people, you know, a leader tells a story about what he or she values, not by their actions or not by their words and not by what they write uh, in inspiring sort of vision statements, but about what we do on a daily basis, the little things. And so from this perspective is, you know, am I taking time off or am I sending those emails at 11 o'clock at night? Does my team know I'm exhausted because I'm burning the candle at both ends? Am I not taking care of my personal health? Am I not heading up for a walk around the park in the middle of the day just to give myself 45 minutes of air and non-digital time so that I can maintain balance from a health perspective? So all these things are really vital as leaders. Now you, if you're an individual sales professional or independent entrepreneur listening to this, you need to implement this for yourself. So you need to think about how, what kind of tools can I use to automate my work tasks? 
how can I shorten the types of meetings I'm having and, and reduce irrelevant meetings or being reactive to people and giving everyone who asked me a meeting? You know, how do I create a network of maybe other entrepreneurs or a coach that I can actually check in with and have some virtual coffee groups with some people in the community and really think about how I'm going to invest in my own remote health programs. So these are things you're going to, have to do for yourself. But as a leader, if you've got a team, help them do these things. And by doing this, I really think that we're not just going to get results today, but we're building a sustainable digital first remote culture that can help you win now and in the future. So that wraps up today's podcast. If you want to reach out to me, I'm at Shane Gibson on Twitter, at Shane Gibson on Instagram. I'm linkedin.com forward slash IN forward slash Shane Gibson on LinkedIn. And if this topic is interesting to you and you want to dig deeper, Dr. Dennis Covier and I recently wrote a book called Real Results in a Virtual Economy, How to Future-Proof Your Business. So Real Results in a Virtual Economy, How to Future-Proof Your Business. I would love for you to pick up a copy and let us know what your thoughts are. Thank you very much and have an excellent day.